Thinking aloud. Conversations on the leading edge of knowledge and discovery with psychologist Jeffrey Mishlove. Hello and welcome. I'm Jeffrey Mishlove. This is the fourth in a series of interviews I conducted with Barry Taff, Dr. Barry Taff, whom I first met in the 1970s when he was a graduate student assistant in the parapsychology laboratory of Dr. Thelma Moss at the Neuropsychiatric Institute at UCLA. Barry has his doctoral degree in psychophysiology with a minor in biomedical engineering. And if you've seen the three previous interviews, you know we've talked about a lot of unusual phenomena, poltergeist activity, remote viewing, clairvoyance, and even UFO contacts. This program is going to focus on an assortment of highly strange phenomenon that Barry has personally experienced. I'm talking about airports disembodied entities, and by location. I personally think these phenomena are extremely important because I've experienced some of them myself, as have other guests on the New Thinking Aloud channel. And the unusual thing is that the stranger the phenomenon, the more likely it is for uh, average uh, witnesses and uh, people who hear about these things to put up a resistance and simply say, it's, it's unbelievable, I don't believe it, it's impossible. But these things do, in fact, happen, and they are important clues as to the nature of reality. And now I'll switch over to the interviews conducted at Barry's home in Palm Desert, California. The mental phenomena is great, but when it comes compared to the physical phenomena, the apports, the, the uh, apparitions, the poltergeist activity, this is a whole other thing we're entering here. Because people who were experiencing these sorts of things learned about the, your laboratory and would contact you. Oh, yeah. They, they were coming in all the time. <laughs> there was a woman I met, a girl I met named Dottie way back when, called the lab, she came to visit. And she came over, she cooked me dinner. So we're having dinner at a table like we're at now, and so we're eating, and suddenly a flashlight boom, appears on the table. Boom! What? From where? It wasn't there, and it's there. Picked it up. Felt did, you, did you actually see it appear? I picked it up and held it. No, but I mean the moment when it yes, appeared. Yes, like, it's not imagine. okay, boom, it's there, boom. It didn't like drop from no, the no. ceiling. It was just there. Okay. And, huh? She freaked out. She said, uh, what, what happened? I don't know. But where did it come from? I don't know. She goes, don't touch it. I go, it's a flashlight. I picked it up. It had scratches in the lens. Ba batteries didn't work. I think it worked. And what, but why are you touching it? It's a flashlight. So she freaked out. She said, well, at least I brought a light into your life. <laughs> Another time, we were in the, my friend and I are in the kitchen. And, well, no, no, we're in the living room watching TV. I just got a new television. And we hear a clang, like a metal clang. And we jump up and look around and look around. Oh, there's a, uh, this is odd. 
my friend Brent, what's this it's a metal ring with four legs opening in the middle it's to cook if you're camping out you put your i don't even know what it's called i've never owned anything like that he said you own it now here it is what but watching tv months later a red ball i don't own a red ball uh, no blue ball excuse me blue ball oh wait wait what what, what? it's not mine I was out of town once. He stayed over because I had some items that were really expensive. I didn't want to be left alone in my place. And uh, he was there with a friend of his, this girl, and uh, she took some earbuds she put down, plays with them. They're gone. She couldn't find them. So I come back. They're gone. I'm walking on the bedroom once. Boom. They hit me in the back. They were thrown at me. At ports. Yeah. Um, I told you three large bottles of medication disappeared out of my closet in a padded mailer. A pair of shoes disappeared. A suit disappeared. Um, why has this happened to me now? This is what I would expect when I was young. And the last case I investigated was 10 years ago. It was great. It looked like it was your, you looked like a poltergeist case. All our batteries died simultaneously there. 12 different batteries, all fresh, all died at once. She showed us some of the pictures, more UFO, more UFO related, anything else. She said, tell me, dude, what about seeing when you're out camping and you lose several hours of time with light, huh? That's where it started with her. And lights and, and got so bad her son, and, but we were walking, Jack, uh, Jack, uh, working with me jack Rourke, myself um barry conrad we were out this case in pasadena and it was amazing we're walking we turned because we heard a sound we turned back and suddenly there was a bunch of objects in front of us that weren't there before it'd be like you're sitting here with a table and suddenly boom there's no table and your arms go over to the ground <laughs> Just like that. Yeah. And the woman was freaked out by this and she went to her church and she said, it's all demonic, it's all demonic. They, oh, please. The minute that word comes up, I walk away because it's a dead end. You, you don't learn anything from that. Anyway, the first thing I ever investigated before the lab was open, when I went there, 1968, Pasadena, couple, elderly couple, their cat had died of a old age, and they were still seeing and hearing and going, yeah, right. I'm very, so I'm interviewing them, talking, them lots of questions, blah, 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 blah. And suddenly something jumps on my lap. I can feel it. I can hear it. It's kneading my thighs, but I couldn't touch it. This is what we mean. So what am I supposed to believe? They, through suggestion, I felt the cat, the cat jumped off me out of the couch, and the couch depressed, then it was gone. So then you think, what in the hell is that? It's, but as we now know, you know the old saying that says, if the tree falls in a forest and there's no one there to hear it, does it make a sound? I don't think, it doesn't. The neighbor, a man named Dexter Gray, who lived just to the east, a big house like the one we were looking at. He was renovating it when he moved in, leaning against a built-in shelving unit, and it, it opened up like a bad movie. Goes down the steps, discover, oh, there's a tunnel running under the hill, connecting the holds from Prohibition era. Oh. And he's exploring it, 
first alone, then with a neighbor and a friend, and they find a headstone in a grave. The name is Regina, 1922. Huh? Somebody was buried there? Um, the house, we were lost up there in 2008, and now we had instruments. Let's start with the best to work backwards. We were about to leave after there a couple hours. And uh, so I had a big Pelican case. I took my instruments in. And it was very perfect. We got there. I go to pick it up to put the instruments back in. And on the bottom of the case is carved a backwards R, a lazy R. Wait, the name of the woman down below is Regina. If in order to carve into the case, you would have needed a chisel and a hammer to start it. It was deeply carved. Well, who did it? And when? So well, it certainly is suggestive of the possibility of a discarnate agent. Yeah. Would it be interesting? Me, would it be interesting? Would be people if people had seen an apparition there, and they have way back when. If, had a, if we had a picture of this woman. Regina and the people saw apparitions and then you have them describe it maybe a, a sketch artist for the police draw it up basic you compare that to the uh, photograph of Regina that would be really interesting then what are they seeing but I, I presume you don't even know who Regina actually was no, there's no last name just Regina yeah so I assume and and not even a, a body, just a tombstone is yeah, well. Well, there was a grave down there, but there was a grave site. But it wasn't exhumed. I no, the, the, no, it's not been exhumed. There have been so many earthquakes since then, and the river has gotten worse. I suspect that a lot of it might have been washed away. Um, it's now one case that almost killed me was in 1970 near it was in Inglewood it was a nice neighborhood back then and uh, long story short the people that owned the house had died and it wasn't publicized here I forgot that they died together husband and wife named um, Dampu and Refugio they were Filipino and the son was a police officer the grandson or something like that and the neighbors were reporting seeing them do their chores even though they were dead but they didn't know they were dead the neighbors didn't know this couple had died and they saw them mowing the lawn taking the garbage out but they'd been dead for weeks so the son brought us in and we're there and uh we saw something a bag or something like a doctor's bag jump up and zip across the room little thing this was now this was before i met carrie gainer this was i was there by myself other a few people helped me and uh, at one point um we were trying to make something happen by a bunch of us sitting there like holding hands like the old seance stuff and uh not much was going on it was very quiet we had to have a light source because there was no water power in the house and um there were about nine or ten of us that were there and we stopped because it got boring nothing was happening we could walk around the house there was still furnishing there covered in dust except for one 
display case was kept clean for some reason. Um, so walking around, and I made some comments during the seance that, what if this is all make-believe? You know, what if this isn't real? What if this is the, like a store, the, you know, the, the fish that got away sort of thing? So suddenly there's a man standing there, 5'10", 5'11", stocky, gray hair, wearing a plaid shirt and a pair of khakis, and he jumps me. And he starts trying to swallow it. He picks me up and he throws me in the bathtub and he starts ripping apart my shirt. He tried to kill me. So the other people there, the guy started beating him, beating him. And he fell off me to the floor. And my neck, my neck was red and my shirt and jacket were torn. And we see this image of an older, of an elderly man go away. What was left on the floor was the grandson who brought us the house now which he was badly injured because what we were hitting hit him and so we told him what happened we didn't know who these people were we didn't know what they looked like he pulled out a picture of his grandfather and grandmother what we saw was the, the grandfather so when you say we there were multiple yeah, witnesses yeah it wasn't just me it wasn't just me so what was that presumably be an instance of possession of some type call it what you may it sounded more like something spiritual than paranormal I means paranormal but more of something possession or I, I don't know all i know is i know what we experienced now after that we um we tried to do another seance hours later it was very late very early in the morning actually then and a candle fell over, started burning the rug. So better, let's get out of here, it's too. So we closed the place up, and the next day, a couple days later, um, the neighbors reported to the grandson, there was something left in the house banging in the walls, and they saw lights in there. When their place was ripped, ripped to shreds, except that one display case. But everything was torn apart, like a madman was there. And nobody had been there to witness no, the neighbors heard things. They'd see lights coming out of the house. There were bangings on the wall, stuff like that. Um, yeah, so Lily was almost, Jesus, that was almost uh, uh, 50 years, 50 years ago, more than 50 years, almost 50 years ago. And literally, thank God there were other people there because I would, they, whatever this thing was, could have killed me quite and, easily. And I gather that this what seemed like an older man who was attacking you at the time had incredible strength to throw you well, across. He was, the guy was much bigger than me, which doesn't mean a lot because I'm small, but he, he picked me up like a rag doll. I mean, if someone had far more strength than me, older, maybe late, mid-60s. And the grandson himself, would he have had that kind of strength? Well, the grandson was smaller, was thinner, was in his stocky, but he was a police officer. Uh-huh. But he was, I mean, you wouldn't look at him and seem like some thin, you know, measly guy. But no, it looked nothing at all like the grandfather at all. So what, what did, now this is interesting. The men who came to help me beat the elderly man off me. The women who did not come to help me, they saw the grandson attack me. So there were multiple witnesses. Yeah, of each side. Uh, and so, who were seeing different things. What? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Now, since then, um, white families have lived in the house, Asian families have lived in the house, black families have lived in the house, and um, Hispanic families. 
and all of them for her we haven't heard from them in quite some time all of them seem to be plagued by the same types of phenomena banging noises lights things moving around uh and, and now you said the neighbors saw the the elderly filipino couple taking out the gar garbage and did the that continue no now, as far as what's there now, I have no idea. God only knows. Well, the bottom line seems to be that although these phenomena are suggestive of apparitions, possession, poltergeist agents, if you look carefully, they defy any explanation. Now, this is interesting. My parents passed away 2009 and 10. The reason I'm saying this is not because they passed away, because following that, a lot of weird things started happening to me that had never happened before. Before that, I was over their place one night, and we're talking in the living room, and suddenly I hear a bang. Go in the kitchen, and there were some quartz or very thick glass coffee cups. I've never used them, but they And apparently, something had struck one of them with such force that it turned the glass to silicon. It wasn't crack. It wasn't like edges. It was like particleized. Where did that come from? Like almost a powder? Yeah, very powdery. Yeah. And glistening. If you put light, it would glisten. Um, and then after my parents passed, my mom in 2009, my father in 2010. So I was in my kitchen one night, and I he feel someone coming up behind me, and I hear, <sighs> my dad had phlegm all the time. He was going, and I turn around, nothing was there. I was at a girlfriend's house in Long Beach or something, and they didn't have convenience stores everywhere like they do now. And all she had to drink was water. I was dying for something more than water. And went to sleep. Come home the next day. My, my dad, who was an insomniac, slept in the bed on the couch, and the Barca lounger would move. And he said he saw me come in. He heard me come in. He said, I slammed the door. He said, I went through picture, I went, drank from the picture teeth and I left slammed the door again my mother heard me slam the door twice in bed I never came home what did they see doppelganger the doppelganger by location when the lab was up and running there was this one actress was on TV I knew she was but I never met her uh, Susan Strasberg I, you know, really beautiful brunette my stereotype so she was in some talk show, and people that were watching her or listening to her, they asked her who she was dating because she divorced her husband. She said, well, I'm dating Barry from UCLA's parapsychology lab. And I'm like, what? I'm dating Susan. I, well, I don't know her. I've never met her. What? 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 Makes no sense. Makes no sense. Couldn't figure it out. Time went couple years ago, actually 2014, I believe, I want to learn more about why Susan Schwarzberg knew my name and why she thought we were dating. I spent two days online looking, looking, looking. I finally found what made sense. I told you, Dr. Moss's best friend was the actress Shelley Winters. The be another best friend of Shelley Winters was Susan Strasberg which probably meant that Susan Strasberg had come to the lab when I wasn't physically there, some morning or night or whatever, 
and she read Dr. Moss's two books that I was in both of them. And in her messed up brain, maybe she was doing drugs, she thought we were dating. Um, I don't know why she, you know. But one, one of your jobs in, in this work is to be able to distinguish between when somebody is having a fantasy of some sort as opposed to an authentic uh, telepathic or, or a clairvoyant experience. Yes, but the problem is I didn't understand what the linkage was when she's Susan Strasberg. First of all, how would she know who I am? How would she know I worked at the lab? I, you know, doesn't mean, I mean, I'd been on INLA twice. I was on two in the town. I hit the LA Times. I was in the LA Times um, in June of 1976. But, but even if she knew who you were, why would she say she was dating you? <sighs> Mental illness. Maybe she was doing drugs. Now, this is interesting. She met her first husband through Shelley Winters. He was an actor and a singer. So I, was, I don't know how well they knew each other, but they knew each other then. About eight years ago, I'm in a Xerox place in West Los Angeles to copy some scripts or business plans. So I'm there and this really tall guy, about 6'3", hey Barry, how you doing? I go, hello, remember me? I go, nope, told him his name, I go, and he said, um, I used to date my sister. Who? Who's your sister? And he said, uh, he told me her name, I can't tell you her name because she's still alive. I said, I've... I don't, never met, which I used to date her. Nope. He said, I remember you had the silver Corvette with big black side pipes and diesel glass packs and it, it shook the ground like thunder. Yeah, but I never met your sister nor did I date her. I, I'm sorry. You have a double. Well, no, it gets weirder than that. Yeah. A couple weeks later, I'm at Arts Deli in, in uh, um, Sherman Oaks having lunch with a friend and he's sitting across from me as you're doing now he says there's a girl I keep staring at her turn around I see this girl in question I go oh you know her no nope. you met her no nope. not going to approach a stranger especially an actress and tell her how you're doing I don't do that weeks later I'm back at the same Xerox shop there's the brother of this actor he says oh my sister was really pissed because you didn't come over and say hello to her I don't know your sister. I've never met her. And I said, okay, how did I meet your sister? Go through Susan. Who? Susan Strasberg. That's it. I got up and left. I can't make any sense out of it. Um, it's the strangeness of it, it all. It makes you think uh, that you're intersecting an alternative universe or something. One of my colleagues thinks there's like a doppelganger with me from a different reality and they're popping in. I don't remember what they're doing and they don't remember what I'm doing. But the whole point of this, um, it's the mental phenomena is great, but when it comes compared to the physical phenomena, the apports, the, the uh, apparitions, the poltergeist activity. This is a whole other thing we're entering here. Because people who were experiencing these sorts of things learned about the, your laboratory and would contact you. Oh yeah, they were coming in all the time. 1973, Carol. We were together and um, we met, but there was a, she was dating a married man, didn't want to marry, divorce his wife, so are getting together there was a long period of wait waiting so one night i'm going to sleep this is 1973 
on my left side, and suddenly my cover go, covers go up, and a body rolls into me. It's female, long hair. I smell perfume. I see an arm come rolling over me. Go what? Nothing. The phone rings. It's Carol. I just the weirdest dream that I was cuddling with you, and you moved and scared me, and I woke up back in my own bed. Well, part of you got here. That's what she told you. That's what I experienced. Now, I used to date William Shatner's niece, a girl named Sharna, beautiful girl, long time ago. And so we were friends. It didn't really go anywhere because she was a little scared of me. So one night, I wake up, something wakes me up, and I see Sharna to the left of my bed, and she hasn't, we never even slept together. She puts her hand over my head. She goes, it's only me, Barry. It's only me. I went, what, what, what? And then she's gone. Well, I was awake. The next morning she called. She goes, what in the hell did you do to me? What? Well, little, I suddenly found myself next to your bed. I thought you were sick. Put my hand in your head and I called your name. And then you moved and scared me. That didn't help her. It freaked her out really bad. Okay. She called you? It's, let's back up with Sharna. I had met her at a party. Yeah in Brentwood. So we became friends. We were dating very superficially. Nothing really intimate had transpired yet. A little frightened of me. Her mother was terrified of me. Her father didn't want anything to do with me. And um, so long story short, one night I'm sleeping in my bed alone. And suddenly something wakes me up and I see she's standing next to my bed and she puts her hand out over my forehead and she goes, it's only me, Barry, it's only me. I went, well, well, what? And then yeah. I, I'm out, she's gone. I get up, I go, what's going on? Right. So I went back to sleep, woke up later in the morning. It's like 10 a.m. and she calls. What did you happen last night? What did you do to me? I go, what? She goes, she had the dream that she was standing next to me, uh, oh, laying in bed, okay. and she touched me, and I woke up and scared her. Mutual dreaming. Or telepathic dreaming or, or something. In the 70s, I met this girl. I can't use her name. She looked like a young Ruta Lee, but with blue eyes. Gorgeous girl. Friend of a fr people I met in the industry. So we became friends. It was a sexual tension. We never go went out. Um, she lived with her boyfriend in Malibu. I didn't know her, the address, whatever. It was, I, anywhere, unlisted number. So one night I have a dream. In the dream, I'm with this girl in a bedroom and I don't recognize the bedroom. Beautiful wood panel walls, beautiful car, uh, drapes or cartons and just great furniture, just stunning. This is really, we're in bed and I'm going, this is, Wow, a little too real. And I, now she's the blonde, Lloyd Blonde. And I wake up and I go, this dream was a little too real. And the phone rings, not a couple hours later. It's the girl, her name was Kelly. And um, she said, how dare you come over here and rape me? I went, what? I didn't know where you live. What? How? What are you talking? Well, suddenly you were in bed with me, and we were having, we were making love, and then I realized, what are you doing here? Well, how do you know it was me? I saw you. I heard your voice. I described the room to her. 
perfectly accurate. The furnishings, the colors of the walls, the, the, the carpeting, everything was right. Now, she was a blonde. Her boyfriend was a blonde. He was out of town. There was dark hair in the bed. What was the dark hair from? And she, I never talked to her after. That was it. So what happened? Out of body? Doppelganger? Um, that was, yeah, that was a long time ago. And you know, we were friends. This occurred, she'd been up at the Holly Mountain House once in 1976. This might have been 1977 or 78. The best thing, this is what's the most amazing, 2015 or 14. Every couple of weeks, I have a cleaning lady come over and clean my place. So she shows up at like nine in the morning. I'm on the computer, but I haven't showered yet. So I get in the shower. I'm in there and suddenly I hear banging on the door. Barry, Barry, Barry. Woman's name was Maria. I get out of the shower, put my robe on. What's the matter? I saw you at the computer. Yeah, I was. No, I saw you now. No, I was there. No, I heard you in the shower. And then I turned into your bedroom, started cleaning the bedroom. And I saw you on your computer, in your bedroom, right now. I've been in the shower for like 10 minutes. So we're talking about potentially bilocation or yeah, yeah. the projection a of an apparition. Or, yeah, mm -hmm. but she said, yeah, I saw you and I called you and you, would, you never respond, you just kept typing. So what was that? Mm -hmm.